1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. We're getting ready to dive into... A conversation about words. Yeah, definitely. With our favorite wordsmith, Becky Harling. She's got a degree in biblical literature and is a sought-after speaker and Bible teacher at women's conferences and retreats across the country. She's also the author of The Extraordinary Power of Praise. She's a good friend of the program, and she's writing like five books right now. Yeah. Becky, good to have you with us on Mornings with Tom and Tommy. <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you guys. I love it. Well, we love talking to you, and you are a powerhouse when it comes to words mm-hmm. and writing and uh, just portraying the truths of, of Scripture to us to encourage us. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, you know, and I appreciate a good thesaurus. <laughs> today is National Thesaurus Day. Who knew, right? Yeah, I definitely didn't know. I was joking yeah. when I said I love this holiday. <laughs> Not many people. Now, I know about National Pizza Day since there's like three of them throughout the year. But National Thesaurus Day does not get a whole lot of press. But the words we choose to use as believers, you know this as an author, are powerful. They can really unlock some beautiful truths or actually bind us up in ways that we never thought possible. Yeah, that is so true. You know, it, and as you look through Scripture, if you just Google what Scripture says about our words and about our tongue, there are so many verses warning us that the power of life and death is in our tongue. And so we, we really need to take our words seriously. You know, one of my favorites is Colossians 4, 6, where it says, let your conversation be always full of grace. And it's that word always that gets me, you know, because we're always supposed to have our conversation filled with grace. Mm. And yet sometimes our words come out, you know, sharp or angry or judgmental or critical or whatever, right? But that's the opposite of grace. It is. And and sometimes I think we forget that. Like in my Bible, I crossed out where it said always. And maybe sometimes if I'm in the right mood, I could use those kinds of words that are filled with grace. But that's really not what God calls us to do. So how, how do we get to that? How do we use our words in such a way that build up rather than tearing people down? Because we're good at tearing people down, Becky. Yeah, we really are. And in this day and age of vitriolic speech, I mean, I think this is a critical hour for those who are Jesus followers. And we really have to decide, are we going to 
do what Jesus has called us to do, or are we going to get swept up in a culture of religion and blast other people for their views? And so I, I think one of the primary keys for choosing the right word is actually learning how to listen to understand what the other person is saying. Because I think a lot of times we're in a conversation and we're sort of listening, but we're thinking of words to combat their mm. their stance on whatever, or we're thinking through our reply instead of bringing our full focused attention on listening to understand what they're saying. And you know, that, so I think it starts there. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that's really a communication skill to listen well. And it takes humility to listen well and not just be thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to say because I'm going to be right in this conversation and I'm going to win this conversation. You know, sometimes we get on that. And I was just looking up synonyms for grace. And it's one of them is courteous, goodwill, civility, decorum, decency, good manners, consideration, tact. And uh, I think those are things that are pleasing to God. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I I love reading things about Mother Teresa. And Mother Teresa was such a humble person. And one of the things that was written about her is that she was a powerful woman who didn't use armies, money, or pressure to influence change. Instead, Mother Teresa listened with humility She set aside her opinions, cast out stereotypes, and focused on the moment and acknowledged the troubles of others. And I love that, you know, like she focused on listening Hmm. and set aside her own agenda. And I, I think that's where we go wrong sometimes. And, you know, it seems like this happens the easiest with the people that are closest to us, right? Yeah. Our spouse, our kids, our siblings, you know, and, and, and so we have our own agenda that we want to see in that conversation rather than really focusing on understanding the other person. Good mornings with Tom and Tavi. We're speaking with our good friend, Becky Harling. And uh, as a prolific author, she has a use of a thesaurus. And (laughs) on this day, National Thesaurus Day, we thought we'd just talk to her about the power of words and maybe in those moments when we say the wrong ones, maybe we can pick a different word <laughs> yeah. that would convey maybe a more loving biblical tone, a grace-filled tone instead of the tone that we're bringing right now. Becky, thanks for being with us on this discussion. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, what's interesting, Tom and Toby, is the average person speaks 7,000 words a day. Hmm. That's a, that's, there's a lot of room for error in that, right? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And and as a person who loves words, and I always say I was born to talk, that means that I can get in trouble with my words very easily. And so this is, I, I love this topic because we're called to have our conversations always full of grace. And we're called to have gentleness in our conversations and to say the right word at the right time. Mm, and somehow, uh, Becky, in Christianity or in the cultural Christianity um, uh, that we're living in right now, it has come to this new way of thinking about that where you're just supposed to say it like it is and that's telling the truth and not uh, watering it down and it doesn't matter if it offends or if it's unkind because you told the truth. 
How can we yeah. balance that? You know, I always think to myself, I have never once changed because somebody scolded me, right? Mm. I just feel sad when they scold me. And I don't know of anybody who really changes their behavior because they were scolded, right? Mm. And so I, I think we're what we're doing when we blast other people is we're pushing them farther away from Jesus. You know, one of the things that we learn from Jesus is that Jesus was the master of empathy. Empathy speaks that your feelings make sense to me. You know, empathy is an easy way to think about empathy is walking in another person's shoes, understanding their battles. And, you know, Proverbs 15, 4 talks about soothing words. And when we're blasting somebody, it's not soothing. We, we need to offer empathy instead. I'm thinking back on this, this last week. And when we offer empathy, we enter in fully to what another person is saying. And, you know, honestly, I blew it this last week. We were on vacation with a couple of our kids. And um, my daughter was telling me that she, you know, she's in a master's program and she was like, oh, I just realized everything I had to do and I'm getting really stressed out. And I should have entered in right at that moment saying your feelings make sense to me. Instead, I said, yeah, I can relate. But that takes it away from her story. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so a soothing word in that moment is, oh, wow, how does that feel to you, you know, and what do you have to do in drawing her out a little bit more? Now, mm-hmm. thankfully, you know, she forgave me because we have these conversations all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome because you would think that's harmless. And a lot of times um, we do try to make a connection to our own lives when somebody's sharing about theirs. But maybe we can make that connection after we have let them, you know, share their heart first. That's what yeah, you're saying. One of my good friends always says, let someone else be the star of their own show. Mm. And and that is, you know, even if they're feeling really sad, like I think of situations where people are really grieving and we try to make it better for them. Our hearts are good in this, but we maybe offer easy answers rather than entering into their feelings and saying, wow, that must feel really hard. You know, when you say something like that, it helps the other person understand their feelings make sense. And that ends up really being the kind of soothing words that Proverbs is talking about. I always think of Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. You know, Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus in a couple of minutes. And yet he entered into Mary and Martha's weeping and he wept himself. You know, and that's such a powerful picture of empathy, you know? Yeah, um, you're hearing the voice of Becky Harling. We're just talking about uh, words and how powerful they are. And maybe we can choose different ones, you know, as we're walking through this on National Thesaurus Day. And Becky, you had mentioned about Jesus being uh, filled with empathy. And I was thinking about this because people talk about the truth. And if it's not true, it's not loving. However, I was thinking about this in the context of the rich young ruler. You know, in Mark 10, uh, Jesus went up to the rich young ruler. And I love how it says this Jesus looking at him loved him and then told him the truth right so it wasn't Mm. just let me just whop you with the truth here he truly loved the person he was about to share the truth one thing you lack go sell all you have give to the poor you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me 
So it's one of those things that the words that we choose can't be truthful, but the way that we share them need to become with love, right? Because Mm -hmm. Jesus did come full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Jesus, what's interesting also about that story, and that's one of my favorites too, Tom, is Jesus didn't share the truth with him until the rich young ruler had asked. Mm. The rich young ruler had asked, what do I have to do? You know, so then if somebody's asking you, you can share the truth, but you just don't go around slapping people with the truth. And, you know, I think this ties in a little bit to social media and the words we choose on social media. Mm. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have been horrified mm. <laughs> since COVID at what people post on social media, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a good rule for social media is, is this loving and is it going to encourage other people? Because if I'm tearing down, I mean, I have seen believers tear down other believers on social media. And that's Jesus. What was on Jesus's heart was that we would be one before mm-hmm. he went to the cross. He didn't want us lashing out at other people and criticizing them and publicly, you know, ridiculing them for their position on whatever, Mm. you know. And so I think even on social media, we have to choose words that lift up. I, I have a dear friend. She's in her 80s now. Her name is Margaret. And I never forget, like about 20 years ago, I was sitting with Margaret and she had this little hot air balloon on her coffee table. And I was like, Margaret, what's that about? And she said, well, I realized in my life that I was criticizing too many people. And so I asked the Lord to change me. And I asked him to help me to use words that lift other people up, that Mm -hmm. make them feel better. And she said, you know, the hot air balloon helps me remember to encourage people, to pour more courage into them, to lift them up, to affirm them. And she lives that, you know. I love that image, a hot air balloon. I thought you were going to say she was. She felt like she was speaking a lot of hot air. But no, it's to help her remember to lift people up. And I want to be that way. You know, I think sometimes I'm... I'm I'm succeeding and other times I'm failing miserably. But I love this idea of us talking about thesaurus day because it's all about choosing alternate words. You know, when you go to a thesaurus, you're looking for something different, something better than what you're thinking of and another way to say it. And God gives us that and he can give us that even as we speak truth. Absolutely. And I think a good way to practice this is to maybe set it as your goal For the next 30 days, every day, I'm going to encourage or lift up one other person. So I'm going to, I'm going to have my eyes open to who God wants me to encourage. And maybe it's a phone call. Hey, I'm thinking about you and praying for you. And here are some qualities in your life that I appreciate. Maybe it's taking your spouse on a date and saying, you know what I love about you? You know, I, um, a couple of years ago for my birthday, the month leading up to my birthday, my husband, Steve, left these different sticky notes around the house. And, you know, there would be a sticky note on my bathroom mirror. I love your smile or I love your heart for this or I love your heart for that. And so I've, I've called it sticky note love. But it's, <laughs> it's a great it's a great way to encourage others, you know, and yeah. I guarantee your spouse your kids, your neighbors, 
your church friends, your your friends that are unbelievers, they are looking for encouragement. So use your words to lift them up. You know, maybe it's as simple as when you go in and get your coffee, you tell the barista, hey, how are you doing? And I just love how you smile every morning or whatever. Mm. People are just dying to be encouraged right now.